it's time for the only show that doesn't care about ratings, Witness Radio, with your host, Ryan Muniak. Welcome to the only show that doesn't care about ratings, because our sole purpose is to save souls. On purpose. Go to witnesstalkradio.org for more episodes and syndication options. We're also on Facebook. After much research and evidence, I, Ryan Muniak, officially declare that I deny the existence of atheists. What? Did you expect me to pull some kind of prank like denying God's existence or something? No, I would never joke about something like that, especially not on National Atheist Day. National Atheist Day is not a real holiday, but it's meant like a joke. April 1st, better known as April Fool's Day, was chosen for this imaginary holiday to correlate with the Bible's teaching in Psalm 14.1, which says, The fool says in his heart, There is no God. Many Christians have begun using this day to pray for and witness to atheists, while also expressing their sincere love for these people. Is this the way we're supposed to talk to unbelievers? To the atheist watching this telecast, if our belief in God offends you, move. There are planes leaving every hour on on the hour, going every place on planet Earth. Get on one. We don't want you, and we won't miss you. I promise you. Number one, if you're an atheist, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, that, that, that gives you the impression that we hate you, and we don't hate you. We actually love you. We just happen to think that we know what is right, just like you do. You think you know what's right. We think we know what is right, and we are very concerned about you. We don't want you leaving the country. We want you staying. We want to be able to talk to you. We want to be able to love you so that you can hear the good news of the gospel. Second, I think what we just saw is an example of a gospel preacher who temporarily forgot the gospel. Hey, to all my atheist friends, every time you talk about the lack of God, you're reminding people about who God really is. Thank you for what you do to spread the truth of God and Christianity around the world. Happy Atheist Day from Eric Hoven and the entire team at Creation Today. You know, I love atheists. You know, I've taken them out for meals. I befriend them. We get on really good. I say this in in tremendous love and humility. Atheism is stupid. (laughs) It's the dumbest, craziest. Just, it's intellectual suicide. There's no way a book could come together by itself and form itself into pages, coherent sentences, full-color cover, bind itself, I mean, and, and trim itself. That's crazy, and yet that's what an atheist believes happened with nature. They're afraid to call it creation because that denotes a creator, so they say uh, nature made itself, which is a scientific impossibility. For nature to make itself, it had to be pre-existent to make itself before it made itself, which is scientifically ludicrous. So the atheism defaults into the position that nothing created everything, and nothing upsets them like me saying that. Right. That's something that upsets them when I say, you believe nothing. They say, no, I don't. And they redefine nothing as something, which is so stupid, I don't even want to go there. Right. And yet scientists do that. Richard Dawkins believes that nothing is actually something. 
Yeah. Well, if nothing's something, it's not nothing, it's something. <laughs> it's, it's just craziness to believe that all this beautiful creation with its order, its seasons, the flowers, the birds, the trees, the sun, the moon, the stars, the, the marvels of the human eye, the, the emotions of love, a, a newborn baby, and how all of 1.4 million different kinds of fish, birds, insects, and animals all have two eyes and a nose and mouth, and so many have legs and arms yeah. and heart, liver, kidneys, lungs, all with the ability to reproduce after their own, uh, own kind, yeah. uh, and uh, have male and female to say it all just happened because of a big explosion of nothing caused by nothing creating everything is absolutely ludicrous. Ken, I was stunned to see Bill Nye, the science guy, on the cover of the September 2014 issue of, of Popular Science. The article inside featured an interview with Bill Nye where he commented quite a bit about his debate with you at the Creation Museum earlier this year. The article actually quotes Bill Nye as saying, I want to destroy him, meaning you, and I'm in a unique position to do so. Now, what was your goal, though, in the debate? You know, before the debate, the media, Christian and secular media, asked me, what do you think is going to come out of this debate? What's the one thing you hope to gain from this debate? And I said, look, if nothing more than it opens up a conversation that's really been closed down by the atheists, the secularists have really stopped people even talking about the issue of origins. Think about it. In the public schools, they're basically legislated to protect the teaching of evolution and won't even allow students to talk about creation or certainly have a, a teacher-led discussion in regard to creation and evolution or the problems with evolution. And I said one of the greatest things that can come out of this is that people will start talking about this topic, start thinking about it and critically analysing it. And, you know, that's what really has happened, which I praise the Lord for. And then the other thing is that I wasn't out to destroy Bill Nye. I wanted to win Bill Nye as a brother in Christ. In fact, one of the things that to me is important is to understand that Bill Nye is one of my family members. We're all related. I talked about that in the debate. We all go back to Adam and Eve, but we're all sinners. And I wanted him to understand that. You see, Bill Nye believes that when you die, you cease to exist. I want him to understand, no, when you die, you don't cease to exist. You'll either be with God or without God. And here is the wonderful message of salvation for us. And I presented that during the debate so Bill Nye would hear it and so that the rest of the world who are watching would hear it as well. So that's, to me, what the debate was all about. Is there such thing as truth? You said no. But yet you're making a truth claim. And I'm not trying to belittle you. I want to show you the errors of your worldview. That's it. That's, that's simply it. We can still go get a cup of coffee. I doubt you'd want to, but I'm simply saying this. You're, you're reduced to a place called absurdity within the worldview. When somebody comes to the place, friend, that says, I could be wrong about everything. I might not be a male. I may not be here. I may not be going to school. I don't believe in right and wrong, good and bad. I could be in a vegetative state and this could be the matrix. How do you communicate with that person? I Thank you. Say, yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. I do appreciate your time. And I'm not coming up against them. This is the worldview of students today. I care completely about that individual. I care about these guys that are lined up. I do. I care enough to say the truth. That's it, to the best of my ability. And I do thank you for having the courage of your conviction for coming up to the microphone. Earlier, I mentioned that I don't believe in atheists. And the reason for that comes from Romans 1, starting in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven 
against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who, by their unrighteousness, suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So, they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And, since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Romans 1, 18-32 You see, according to God, they know that He exists, but they hate God so much that they deny His existence. Still think atheists are real? Listen to my interview with Ed, the atheist backslider. I'd like to try and make you backslide from being an atheist. Is that okay with you? You can try. So, first question, how many hairs are on the back of a Himalayan Tibetan yak? Couldn't tell you. Second question, how many blades of grass are on McMicken Hall's lawn? A lot. An exact number. Do you have an exact number for me? Uh, I can make one up, but no. no. Okay. So, those were preliminary questions. Now, here's the big question. Knowing that you don't know everything, 
in the amount of knowledge that you do not know, is there a possibility that God could exist? I would say that there is a possibility. There's a possibility for anything. Okay. So then, in actuality, you would say uh, not that there is no God, but you believe that there is no God based on the knowledge that you currently have. Yes, that's correct. There, that, that's not to say if there was um, undeniable proof or whatnot that I could come, come out with, and I, I just couldn't, like, God comes down and smacks me in the face. But I don't, have, I don't have any proof, so I can't really come to the conclusion. Okay. So ultimately, you don't know. Ultimately, yes. Then you're an agnostic. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> but you see what I did there. Be- yeah, because you don't have absolute knowledge, because you don't know everything, you can't absolutely say there is no God, which is the atheist belief, or the atheist worldview, is that there is no God. The most you can say is, with all the knowledge I have, I can't say for sure if there is no God. I just don't believe that there is a God, correct? Yes. Then technically you would be an agnostic. Um, But that's okay. (laughs) I I, I thank you for your honesty, uh, being willing to admit that you you don't know if there is a God. Um, So now, let me uh, try one more thing with you. Uh, I'm going to try and help you to see that there is a creator, okay? So now, we're, we're here on the campus, and we're surrounded by all these extravagant-looking buildings, you know, great architecture and everything. How do you know that there was an architect or a builder for these buildings? They exist. Okay. Good. Next question. Uh, we're standing on a uh, wonderful brick road with uh, uh, very specific bricks. They're uh, almost like triangles. They're kind of... Uh, There's a name for the shape, but I don't know what else to talk about. Right. It, it, it's almost like three hexagons put together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how do you know that there was a road maker or a road designer? We're standing on it. It exists. Okay. So now look around at everything in the world that was not created by human hands. You, me, the grass, the trees, the sky, the moon, the sun, the planets. How do you know that nothing created them? Nothing didn't create them. I believe that they came out of the the early birth of the universe through the different the creation... After the creation of stars, after the stars came out of all the energy, they created the atoms from their fission and their fusion. And then those atoms eventually, there's a bunch of nebulae and stuff out there still, just clouds of giant dust essentially. And the over the unsurmountable of town of billions and billions of years, this stuff all came together with the natural forces of gravity and the universe that we know. And it slowly came together. That's a great answer, um, but it leaves me with one question. What came before the energy that made all of that? I wish I could tell you. That'd be great. That'd be, that'd be awesome to know. It's just one of those things we don't know because how we, uh, our current understanding of time, it, that brings us back to the Big Bang is it brings us right back to that, that that's where the time as we know it began. Not to say there wasn't something before that we just couldn't comprehend or 
there's something after this universe if it eventually were to die or something maybe it's not as infinite as we we we'd so believe we just don't know at the moment and we, but with what we do know that's what I, I i draw conclusions from so do you think that it's possible that everything was created by god or a creator i'd say it is within the realm of possibility but i don't believe it would make sense because mm. well the the reason the reason i ask is because to to say that you know these buildings were created by a builder and this street was created by a a, a road maker and then to say that things that are so much more intricate like you and me were created by chance random processes it, it's kind of illogical it it doesn't really make sense why do you uh, say that that makes sense? Whereas if I were to say this building just happened over millions of years or this road was laid down exactly the way it is with all these intricate bricks, it happened all by itself by chance random processes, you would think I was crazy. Why, why do you not see that with, with things that are not made with human hands? Uh, in a way, it happens with human hands. Think about how all the all the stuff that had to go behind the people that came came together to make these things. Randomly, they, they, they had to get lucky enough that they were born to, to certain parents, and their their life circumstances led them to either say for the architects be interested in to, to pursue that career, and then they had to get lucky enough to get into the university here, and then they had to be into the program. They had to do all those things. That lots lots of it, if you really boil it down, can come to chance as well, and. I lost my point. What, what did you ask? What did you... How can you say that you know things like this building and this road oh, oh, yeah, came, yeah. came to be yeah, yeah. with with builders and whatnot, but you and me didn't? We were just chance processes. Something I could answer. I, for for our, my current understanding of the universe, where we Earth is the anomaly and the weird one, the Thor Thor sore thumb sticking out right now and uh but with our continued exploration of the solar system and elsewhere hopefully we can find those answers did you know that atheists live by faith not faith in god obviously but they do live by faith whether it's their belief that consciousness and existence cease after death or their belief that nothing somehow magically created everything make no mistake atheists live by faith Many atheists cling to their faith in science. They claim that science is the only truth and that everything must be tested in a scientific manner. But the problem is that science is not always reliable. Did you know scientists once believed that the world was flat? And that bleeding was the best way to rid the body of disease? Sometimes science is wrong. The word science simply means knowledge and unfortunately man's knowledge isn't always correct. When it comes to the knowledge of God, how would a scientist expect to perform a lab test on the one who measures the universe within the span of his hand? How would you measure the immeasurable, contain the uncontainable, or somehow fit your creator into a test tube? It wouldn't happen. God doesn't submit to our tests. It's us who must submit to Him. As Christians, it's not our job to convince anyone that God exists. Romans 1.20 says that everyone knows that God exists. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, 
even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. The atheist is quick to preach. There is no evidence for the existence of God, period. Since an atheist presupposes there is no God, no amount of evidence will pull him away from his blind faith in naturalism. For example, if I were to have a videotape of God coming down from heaven, the atheist would say it was a special effect. If I had a thousand eyewitnesses saying that they saw him, they would say it was mass hysteria. If I had Old Testament prophecies fulfilled in the New Testament, they'd say the documents were forged, uh, dated incorrectly, or not real prophecies. You see, a skeptic isn't looking for evidence in an open-minded way. Their minds are closed to God and closed to the truth of God's Word. So instead of convincing atheists of that which they already know, our job is to gently point out their foolish thinking and to warn them that they're in terrible danger for breaking God's moral law. Unless they repent and trust in Jesus, they will perish on Judgment Day. So don't be intimidated. Explain the law and preach the gospel to everyone, including atheists. Proverbs 18 verse 2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing his opinion. Let's continue our conversation with Ed. Say, say this creator were to try and make himself known to you, whether it's through creation, uh, you know, by you, me, the earth, all the natural things around us, uh, or through a holy book like the Bible. Uh, and say he was trying to get a hold of you, trying to get your attention. What would he have to do to get your attention? I wouldn't know, because I can't really perceive any way of how a ultimate supreme being could uh, make him make make them known to me without me trying to just question what they're do, like, question what is happening. Say. They make make a giant random explosion happen in front of my face. I'm more more inclined to question why that happened instead, instead of to jump to the conclusion that, oh God, just made this this happen. So I'd be more inclined to find it. So maybe maybe it's happened. I don't even know. So now let, let's go take it just a, a step further. Say he does something that does get your attention, and you realize, you know what? Yeah, there is a creator, and he he's gotten my attention now. Would you? bow your knee to him? Would you worship him? No. Why is that? Why does he deserve that from me? It's a good question. Um, I want to thank you for your honesty, Ed. Oh, um, one more thing. Um, going back to uh, the Bible that I was talking about, um, Romans chapter 1 actually talks about uh, people like yourself who, who profess that there is no God. Um, and it says that they are uh, denying the truth of his existence because you love your sin or love doing things that go against God. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Who... Okay, wait. I'm sorry, can you say... Just paraphrase it again real quick? Yeah, sorry. Uh, it's Romans one eighteen. It says... Uh, uh, they suppress the truth in their unrighteousness. Basically, you, you know that there is a God, but you suppress that truth 
because you love doing what is against God. You love doing sinful things or wrong things. I wouldn't say that I know that there is a God, though. So that I wouldn't say... Also, I would say about God and his sins, who he is almighty and all-powerful. Why doesn't he just say that sin is no longer and he wipes it from existence? Well, eventually, according to the Bible, eventually he will do that. Um, but right now he's being patient towards uh, you, me, everyone else, hoping that we will uh, turn away from our sinfulness and put our trust in him and his son, Jesus Christ, uh, so that we can be saved. Because once he does wipe away sin, he's going to wipe away the sinner as well. Those who have lied or stolen, those who have looked with lust, which is the same as adultery, or those who have hated in their heart, which is the same as murder, according to his standard. And he says that he will punish those who have broken his law by sending them to an eternity in the lake of fire. Um, but he, he doesn't want that for you, but he must do that because he must punish those who have done wrong unless they uh, go through the way of escape, which is Jesus Christ. I don't believe there would be any sort of escape. I would, if he would wipe me out and burn me, oh well. Well, now, I, I used to uh, think that too, but there there is a way of escape of escape that, that he talks about in the Bible. He says that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth who lived a perfect life and then he died on the cross to pay for your sins, my sins, everybody's sins, and he rose on the third day, uh, defeating death, and says that if you will repent or turn away from your sinfulness and put your trust in Jesus and what he did on that cross, then you can escape hell. You can be forgiven of all your sins, past, present, and future, and you can go to heaven instead of go to hell. My thing is, though, that I don't believe there could even be the existence of a distinct heaven and hell. And I believe that even if there was, that a just God and a fair God and a forgiving God would be able to ju give justice, forgive, and then allow everybody into heaven regardless. And so I wouldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't buy into it, really. So, like, uh, basically what you just said was everybody should get to go to heaven. Everybody should be forgiven. Um, right? Uh, they should have the chance. Well, everybody does have the chance. Um, that's why he made the way through through Jesus Christ. But if, you know, just everybody were given forgiveness, that wouldn't be just because the sin, the wrongdoings wouldn't be punished. Like Hitler who killed 11 million people during the Holocaust, he would go to heaven. And that's not very just. True, but also by, if I, my, my understanding is that anybody that doesn't, if they just happen to not even know about Jesus Christ or Christianity, say, random tribes in the Amazon living today, people die down there, I'm sure, all the time. They don't even know about Christianity, and they, that, that means they're damned to hell, and that doesn't sound very just to me. Um, they're not they're not damned to hell because they don't know about Jesus. If they're going to hell, it's because of their, their sinfulness. Excuse me. You see, the uh, Bible talks about how God has written upon everyone's heart the, the law of God, the moral law, the Ten Commandments. So we everybody knows that it's wrong to lie, that it's wrong to steal, that it's wrong to murder, that it's wrong to commit adultery. So it's by breaking those that we deserve to go to hell 
faith, not by uh, having no knowledge of Jesus. I mean, you, you look in the uh, in the Bible, it talks about these Old Testament prophets and Old Testament people of faith um, who they didn't know who Jesus was because he hadn't come onto the scene yet. But they were going to be in heaven because they had faith in the promised Messiah. They had faith in the one who was to come who they didn't know about yet. They had faith in, in God that he would forgive them. But how can they have faith in something they don't know exists? And how, and things, I, I know, for example, the ancient Mayan tribes, they sacrificed people very ritually, often to, for their gods. And so they, they were probably sinning in the eyes of the god of Christianity. But to them, they were, they were serving their gods to, to serve their afterlife that they believed in. So why would they, what, what would happen to them? What, what, what's, what is their verdict then? Well, uh, that would be something called idolatry, believing in a, in a God that isn't real. Um, much like many Americans, you know, they make money their God, or they make, uh, a lot of people say they believe in, in Jesus, but it's not a biblical uh, look on Jesus. Like they say that uh, Jesus is an all-loving, all-forgiving God, but that's not what the Bible teaches. So they've made a God in their own mind, and they're, they're basically uh, committing idolatry because they're not uh, following the right God. Um, the Bible says that there's only one God. You don't need to be afraid of atheists. Share the truth of God's word with them, just like everyone else. Would you like some tools to strengthen your faith and give you courage? Well, Witness Radio is here to help. We're going to give away a free DVD of Evolution vs. God from Living Waters and a free DVD of the Bill Nye vs. Ken Ham debate to one lucky winner. Go to witnesstalkradio.org and click on the contest tab for details. Deadline for entries is April 8, 2015. Until next time, the fields are ripe for the harvest, so what are you waiting for? Get out there! and share your faith, even with atheists. May God bless you.